and we're back. It's the top of the hour. We've got a whole new slew of savings for you. Thank you for dialing back into HSN. That's the Haint Shopping Network. I'm Rick Mibbles, and joining me in the studio for this half hour is my good friend, Skip Dolman. Skip, how the hell are you? Well, I, actually, actually there, Rick, uh, the name, the name's Dolman. Uh, it, it's spelled, spelled a lot like what you said. People make that mistake all the time. Whoa. It's all right. It's okay. Well, I guess. Common mistake. It's okay. I guess you got me. I was reading the teleprompter. You know you should get a couple of those umlauts going there. Yeah, let well, everybody know you know, what's, uh... my family couldn't afford it when they came over <laughs> on the boat. So. Oh, yeah. yeah well, you just, caught me red-handed Dolman. reading that teleprompter. It's, it's Dolman. And speaking of red-handed, Skip, do we have an amazing product up next here on the HSN, the Hate Shopping Network. We are going to be, it's part of our cavalcade of savings this week. That's right. And we've got the real deal actual name brand cracklin crone bony hand cream hand care system oh boy i am so excited i know that my grandmother is just tuning in and watching this oh and those adult diapers are getting some use out of this <laughs> i know it. oh she's excited we all are <laughs> why don't you tell them a little bit about the hand care system from cracklin crone there rick I sure will. I'll tell you what, if you are an old single woman hell bent on terrifying children, there is no better hand care system in the world than Cracklin Crone brand bony hand cream, the complete hand system. That's right. Look at this. I've got the entire kit right here. You're going to get the entire thing for $19.95 for the next 42 seconds. Wow. That's right. Now that's that is everything. It is the skin scale enhancer oh my goodness the knuckle knobbler the knobbler is included the nail yellower yellowers in there too and the wart enhancer how can you not love the wart enhancer i mean any of these things by themselves easily easily 25 30 dollars. 20, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $
uh, right here at the bottom. Well, that's time. All right. Okay. Well, all that right. was that was uh, amazing. That was an amazing oh, deal. It was a great deal. Uh, we we had so how, many people take advantage works. of it. You'll be kicking yourself if you didn't. But let's just keep on going. It's a cavalcade. It's, it's an avalanche. I feel like I'm getting stampeded and smothered in savings. Skip, what do we have next? Next up, you are going to love this. This is a, a brand new top of the line H Horseman the Third saddle sack. Oh my God! So so an H Horseman. A known, trusted known, name in saddle sacks. You trust them, you know them, you love them. H. Horseman always makes the best saddle sacks and uh, weaponry from horse mm-hmm. by cavalry reparry. Absolutely. They, they have a history that goes back over 100 years. 200 years. 200 mm-hmm. years. Well, that's that's over 100 years. Am I right, so, we, we're I, both right. So, neither of uh, us are good at math, I guess. <laughs> no, I, we, we just can't. Oh, we, we, we do have fun. It's It's... But for 200 years, H. Horseman has been making the top of the line in saddle sacks for holding your pumpkins mm-hmm. when you are riding on your horse. That's right. That's right. Who, who's who got the extra hand to hold a the pumpkin? The answer's nobody. That's right. Maybe one pumpkin. I mean, and, and we've mm. all been there. You try to buy more than one pumpkin. You ride home on your horse. You're going to lose a pumpkin. You don't have a sack in, in big my, enough. My, fam, my wife calls it the pumpkin tax. My yeah. wife calls it the yeah. pumpkin you tax. You know what? Your wife, I've, I've met Brittany. <laughs> oh, she's smart. She is she's smart. smart. She really she's sharp as a tack. I wish she didn't do it in front of the whip. kids, though. I wish she yeah. shouldn't believe me that's a little emasculating yeah. i have to agree yeah, I, I, she is boy. smart and she's awful pretty so yeah good for you just in front of the kids so what you're gonna get with this sack extra room to hold your pumpkins oh my i and i'm so glad because guys i don't have to tell you halloween is just around the corner you're gonna want this come mm-hmm. halloween you don't want to be out there on oh. some foggy road and find out you ain't got but one pumpkin to throw I mean, I guys, we've all been there. Halloween comes around. You've got your big date, and all you can do is carry one of those tiny decorative pumpkins. Mm, you don't want to be caught <sighs> with a tiny pumpkin. Boy, I never would have gotten Brittany if I had brought one of those pumpkins. Well, ain't that the truth, yeah. though? Ain't that the yeah, truth? She really, well. she, uh, she, she faxed over the dimensions of the pumpkin she wanted. She's smart. She's, she's smart. Quick she's, as a whip. she's real pretty. She's smart. She sure so, is. I mean, we're talking multiple pumpkins, each pumpkin secured in its own pocket. That's right. And actually, I, I'm being told right now we've got a testimonial from this. Someone oh my has, goodness. has All been right. out in the field using one of these brand new H. Horseman the Third saddle sacks. Let's, let's go do to it. Let's, that. Let's, 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 let's patch go. that in. Ronnie, Ronnie, get that in going. Sir, hello, sir. Yeah, I've I've been told that that you have used a saddle sack from H Horseman the Third. Welcome to HSN. Thanks for thanks for being on the Hank Shopping Network. Uh, can you tell us how how do you like your your saddle sack? <laughs> sir, I'm sorry, I couldn't quite hear that. Could I I I think you may have cut out. Could I, could I get that one more time? Yeah, are you on a cell phone or speakerphone? Take it off and then yeah, try it again that off. for us. Boy, he sure did. He sounds like one satisfied customer. Thank you, sir, for being on the Haint Shopping Network. Oh, always like to always like to hear a satisfied customer. 
This is this can be yours. We haven't even said the price. We've been going on about it. Oh. $29.95 for the next two seconds. Can you believe that? And now we, it's over. Yeah, well, you missed it. Sorry, everybody, but uh, that was a good deal. That's right. And that's the thing. With the cavalcade of savings, it will blow you under. You will be suffocated if you do not act as fast as you can. Uh, but we, Ronnie, we're trying... <laughs> Ronnie's saying we got to go to commercial, people. Got to go to commercial. Got to pay those bills. That's right. That's right. Pay (laughs) those bills. We'll see you right back in two minutes. All right. We've got a whole new product coming up. That's right. Thomas Edison and the Ass and Piss on His Grave brand insulating gloves. We got them coming up. That's right. For all of your home electric repairs. It's coming up. Treat yourself. Treat yourself, listeners. (laughs) Oh. Oh, good evening. Hello. Welcome to to Larry (laughs) Fotober! It sounds like a guy getting his chest waxed and then he laughs from it. Uh, I am David Flora. I am David Stecco. This is Blurry Photo. Welcome to the to the height of our power when we when we command the most demand. (laughs) Our our power has zenithed. Yep, and uh, it's all downhill from here. Yeah, actually, we we're staying at the top for about a month. Yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, it is. This is our most powerful month. Sorry, we got a little bit of a late start to the month. That's my fault. So. No, no, no. It's, no, it's my fault. This the month started in the middle of the week and yeah. we we needed another for September anyway. So yeah. see, October. It's just it's you just still, you're October still gonna get four quality, spookified, mm-hmm. electrified, terrified, <laughs> well, gentrified photober <laughs> episodes in the month. Yeah, and probably probably a candy chat. <laughs> If we can, I, I'm not lying when I say that I still have flashbacks from last <laughs> Halloween. Wow. And you, you are the puppet master of, of what generated those flashbacks too. Yeah, I know. It's my, I did it to myself. I did it to you. <laughs> That's the problem. I, I felt like I betrayed you because I was, I hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't betray me. You betrayed my pancreas. Yeah. And when we get, when we get the, the, the art section on the website up, I have pictures on my camera. On my phone, which is the same thing, of Florida, Florida suffering, just, mm. just miserable. Ain't nobody want to see that. Oh man, <laughs> we got great stuff planned for the month, uh, including a candy shot, mm-hmm. another bullstone. That's right. We're going to um, actually murder someone and try to raise a demon. Oh, did I not tell you about that, Flora? Well, you know, put it on the list. Yeah, fine. If we got time, somebody's gonna bleed. <laughs> ritualistically and then we've got four finely crafted episodes that are coming your way including tonight's episode that's right which is maybe a little overdue or maybe right on schedule yeah you tell us as long as it's the latter (laughs) um uh i I hate to uh put forth a uh motion for the penalty box but uh overdue overdue two stars (laughs) (laughs) By the way, we owe you a penalty box. Yeah, yeah, and you're going to get it. We know that, and you're going to get it tonight. Yes, sons of bitches. Multiply convicted. (laughs) 
Drug addicted, pox afflicted, base been kicked. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Never evicted. <laughs> we are finally talking about the galaxy to fan yeah. The men in black. They're not galaxy defenders. That's just what the mainstream media wants you to believe. That's right. That's yeah. right. MIBs. Fucking with your shit. Them? Ever heard of them? Ever Since heard of them? the 40s. Ever heard of them? I think people have heard of them. They're not as cool as Will Smith and... <laughs> Who's that guy that used to be in everything and now he's in nothing? Rip Torn? No. You mean yes, but no. <laughs> no. Vincent D'Onofrio? I don't even know who that is. Oh, okay. Uh, no. Tony this. Shalhoub? He played the alien. Oh, yeah. He got his head yeah. exploded. No, yeah, the yeah. other guy. Who is the other guy? Uh, Laura Flynn Boyle. No, don't do this. Linda Fiorentino. <laughs> I'm going to fight you. <laughs> and everyone is like, just f***ing say the guy's name so we can move on, because I will not let us move on until we do. He was Two-Face. He was a U.S. Marshal. Um, he was, he, he was, there was no country. You're, for you're really man. not, not remembering his name. No, he was roommates with, with, uh, Bob Dole. No, no. The, uh, Al Gore. I'm enjoying this. I, I'm sorry. No bullshit. I'm- he was college roommates with Al Gore. I can't remember his name. He was in everything. There was no movie he yeah. wouldn't be in for That's a long true. time. And now he's just, just came back in a movie and I never saw it. Was he in no country for old men? I feel like he was. Yeah. Knock it off. <laughs> Knock it off? Come on. Like a Tommy knocker? To- Tommy. <laughs> Tommy. No, <laughs> is uh, t- This Tommy knocker's got to keep up with the Joneses. Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, there you are. Oh. Yeah, saying Tommy, somehow not enough. As though there's a <laughs> thousand million Tommies. <laughs> it's just him. All right. Uh, can we can we not talk about the, the movies ever, ever again? <laughs> you, you, I mean... Well, if, we can if, we can mention can, them later. If but. you can get the song out of your head, because I can't. Done. All right. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the real deal, Holyfield. This, these are these are these are people that really act with people's shit. Yeah, and and may continue to do so. Yeah, and we're gonna tell you all about who slash what slash your throat are they. <laughs> October. October. We're gonna talk about what the history behind them is. And then what are some possible explanations? Yeah. Oh, do you know what no blurry photober would be complete without? What? Frank and Duck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Friggin' flight Frank and Duck. Because <laughs> it's great. Frank and Duck is the greatest abomination of science. <laughs> it's it's a chronicle it's the descent into madness (laughs) or it's acceptance of its dark fate i don't know (laughs) same same thing where i'm from oh zing all right so uh let's skip this ado and get into it yeah we got a lot of a lot of ground to cover Mm mm-hmm Including some very fun accounts. Here's an overview of what the men in black are. You have a person who witnesses a UFO uh-huh. or has some kind of UFO experience. Or in, in some some cases, just a paranormal experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really, this thing kind of, kind of sometimes they reach, they spread. Yeah. Uh, not long after this experience that they have, the person is visited 
Oidenai. Bye. Bye, Jeff the Talking Mongoose. <laughs> and then after he leaves. That's right. Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Do you have any taffeta? <laughs> I ran out down a Dreyfus goods store. Stop looking for aliens. What are you doing? You're going to attract unwanted attention. Damn it. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Best men. <in> <laughs> Do you like my new suit? Here shows the lint. <laughs> it's gangum. All right. And then after, <laughs> after Richard's dry goods store leaves, one to three men, most often described as short in stature, Wearing black suits and fedoras mm-hmm. and driving black mint condition luxury cars such as Cadillacs, Buicks, or Lincolns uh, show up. Some accounts say that their skin is deeply tanned or almost olive green in color. It's really common for them to have no facial hair, mm-hmm. no, uh, they'd be completely bald, and no eyebrows in some cases. Yeah, yeah. Got that alopecia rocking their body there. Maybe they have that superpower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes uh, their skin can also be very pale or grayish in color. Their faces are often expressionless with high cheekbones, mm-hmm. thin lips, pointy chins, and mildly slanted eyes. I've even uh, I read a few accounts of people talking about how they... They were, their lips were so thin as to almost be non-existent, but they had put like lipstick on. Yeah. Yeah. So as to give the illusion of a full rich mouth. Illusion of lips. Apparently their voices are monotone and their behavior is said to be quite mechanical in nature. Hello neighbor. It is good to see you. I have some questions regarding the lights you may or may not have seen in the sky. Would you like to answer these questions or would you come with me neighbor? Uh, I believe I'd like to answer the question, please. <laughs> One moment. <laughs> I saw lights. Oh! <laughs> What's going on in there? No, Are ma- you answering questions again? Damn it. He's making fun of my speech processor. Okay. I didn't even record the damn thing. Sir, could you please just answer the question? <laughs> Uh, yeah come with me (laughs) yeah they will uh they will proceed to relate details of the witness's experience to the witness though no one had been told the witness hadn't said a thing to anybody yeah and then uh they follow that up with a warning about telling anyone of the ufo or the experience they had and sometimes a threat is issued and that threat could be veiled or outright. Yeah, yeah. They it's that's the interesting part is that there's a real like wheel of intimidation, and it goes from like you know like if there was a, a Firth Van Dyke scale for <laughs> for stranger danger intimidation. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, there's like uh, listen, you know you uh, listen, you man. If you told your neighbors, they would laugh at you. Ha ha ha. Like they, 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 so, so it goes from Twin Peaks at yeah. the bottom. <laughs> but yeah, there's the, there's the threat of like, listen, you're going to sound crazy if you tell anybody this. Mm-hmm. You really shouldn't because it's probably best that no one thinks you're crazy. All the way up to, listen, 
your kids are probably going to get taken from you and I'll end up having to cut your wife's throat. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't want your kids to get taken from you and your wife's throat to get cut, would you? You, wish, you probably would shouldn't you? tell anybody. Anyone in their right mind would answer no. <laughs> <laughs> Dry fuss. Damn it. Come on. Every time a speech synthesizer goes south, he's got to work on it. <laughs> yep. All their intimidations for nothing. If the guy's like, Manser? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, uh, one more thing there. If, if the witness has any kind of evidence... It's confiscated by them. Yeah, yeah. They often claim to be from some type of agency. Yeah. Like the Air Force or the CIA, the FBI, the MOD. They often um, identify themselves as being with the government. Yeah. They will uh, flash a badge or credentials, but like if you usually briefly, and if you get the time to look at it, it's very vague. It's like a Chuck E. Cheese pass or something. It just has no it has no identifying information on Psychic it. Psychic papers. Just like a, yeah, it's like a gold, it's a shield, but there's nothing written on it. You know, like there's, there's nothing that says, Galaxy Defender. Uh, they are apparently confused by everyday objects, such as pins or forks or food. Or Franken-Ducks. <laughs> Everybody's confused, but <laughs> I'm confused. Yeah, that was me just referencing the Frankenduck, not not calling oh, for I the know. sound. I know. Well, I have to be clear oh, about these oh, things. You, yeah, okay. Yep. Because <laughs> that was going to be on you. They were going to come That's after true. you for that. That's true. Some accounts speak of them coming in to chat with the person, coming inside, mm-hmm. uh, and then the person starting to feel ill, like a blood blood sugar drop. Or uh, feeling completely exhausted after the men in black leave. Yeah. And that. I mean, everyone feels that way after dealing with Richard Dreyfus. So they were exhausted before they got there. Is he gone? Thank God. How long was that? Forgot my pin. (laughs) Ah, God. How long was he going to go on about taffeta? Uh, So. Who needs horse feed? <laughs> so, so let's let's read yeah. a couple of accounts of these mofos. Each more delicate than the last. So this story is um, from a gentleman named <laughs> Larry, and it's an experience. Hello, Larry. That Larry had with an MIB. Whoa! Late one night, in a state of semi-sleep. He felt a presence in his bedroom. Bambalam. The presence communicated with him and let him know it was from another world. Larry asked why all the secrecy and if they were real, why they didn't just show up in the daytime. They told him that the next time he was with his best friend, whom they called by name, he would indeed see them and he would know it was them. Larry said the entire conversation did not exactly take place using words. It was more like he understood what they were thinking and feeling. I know it sounds weird, but this is very common in human-alien interactions. For the most part, none of the aliens use verbal language. It's all telepathic, and sometimes it's in the human's own language. Many times, it's a combination of feeling, a knowingness, and understanding on a level we have not yet discovered how to describe. When Larry woke in the morning, 
He wasn't sure if he had been dreaming or not, but the experience was so vivid and unlike any dream he had ever had before that he thought about it daily for months afterwards. Larry's best friend was now in the military, and he didn't see him for months. His friend returned home just in time for the 4th of July, and they decided to go down to a local park where some of his family members were holding a big picnic. The two of them were just kind of standing around when a black van pulled up about 50 yards away. The two front doors opened, and two men dressed all in black suits with black hats and dark sunglasses got out. Larry was startled because he began to remember his dream. The two men opened the sliding door on the side of the van, and two more guys got out. They too were head to toe in black, with shades. Larry said, First of all, it was hot. It was middle of the afternoon, well over 80 degrees, and these guys were in black, with hats. Next, the two guys who got out the side looked different. They didn't look human. I can't describe it, but their arms looked too long or something. Then they sat down at a picnic table, and they all turned around and looked right at me and my buddy. After that, he got real quiet. Then they just got back in the van and drove off. My buddy won't talk about it. He pretends like nothing happened. But I know he saw them, and he knows I know. And I'm just watching him from here on out. That was Larry's encounter with MIB. So OP delivers. (laughs) He does. Yeah. And you've got an account there, I do, I do. Was it his buddy? It's the devilish apparition. (laughs) Is that an email? I don't know where that came from. (laughs) I wish wish we did have an email writer. The devilish devilish apparition. Yeah. There you go, friends and lovers. Somebody steal that so that we can do really great Shakespearean bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Nay! Forsooth, the devilish apparition appears. Make haste, my friends. It's the devilish apparition. The devilish apparition wore his beaver up. (laughs) And bit his thumb. Oh, that cheeky apparition. Wow, never mind. We'll just do it anyway. That's done. (laughs) No work for you. What Uh, do you got? uh, Robert. Roberto. I'm sure someone calls him Bobby, but he hates it. Bobby. Bobby. In July 1967, a man named Robert Richardson informed the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, ARPL. And I'm not going to... I'm not going to... I was thinking how much I could literally chew out a dialect. Jeez. All right. That he had collided with a UFO while driving at night. He's got some more in him. <laughs> Go on, Sorry. let him run his course. <laughs> he'll, he'll get tired of it. He's going he's to take a nap. You know, if we don't do this, he'll be fussy. <laughs> All right. Uh, in July 1967, a man named Robert Richardson informed the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, APRO. Or as I like to call it, AFRO. Yeah, damn right. Because it's phenomena, <laughs> not phenomena. Anyway, proceed. That he had collided with a UFO while driving at night. That is a low altitude UFO. <laughs> I mean, I almost—it's almost just a UO. <laughs> Did this UFO have antlers? By yeah. <laughs> Did it have a guitar case and had its thumb in the air? 
Coming around a bend, he had been confronted by a strange object blocking the road. Unable to halt in time, he had hit it, though not very hard. Immediately on impact, the UFO vanished. <laughs> I, was gonna th- I thought something came out and started screaming at him and calling and jabbering into a cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> Police who accompanied Richardson to the scene could find only his own skid marks as evidence. <laughs> That's a thorough because investigation. Of how, how bad he pulled his pants. <laughs> he did pull his pants. All right. Uh, but on a later visit, Richardson himself found a small lump of metal which might have come from the UFO. On a later visit? Yeah, he found the lump that may have come from a UFO. He couldn't stay away. Nope. Three days later. Three days later. <laughs> Three days later. I'll tell you I'm running PM. That was an occult arms. Sorry. You call down the thunder. Now get ready for the boom. <laughs> <laughs> I got a hair trigger. I got a hair trigger. <laughs> yeah, okay. I've got to remember this. <laughs> Playing with fire. <laughs> <laughs> Three days later, at 11 p.m., two men in their 20s appeared at Richardson's home and questioned him for about 10 minutes. They did not identify themselves, and Richardson, to his own subsequent surprise, did not ask who they were. Idiot. He's <sighs> a nice guy. Wait a minute! <laughs> They were not unfriendly, gave no warnings, and just asked questions. He noted that they left in a black 1953 Cadillac. Ballers. The number, when checked, was found not yet to have been issued. Ooh. A car from the past, but issued in the future. Quantum conundrum. A week later, Richardson received a second visit from two different men, who arrived in a current model Dodge. They wore black suits and were dark complexioned. Com- Internet stories. Yeah. Complected? Complected, yeah. I think. Nope. Yeah. Complexion. They were dark complexioned. <laughs> they were dark complexioned. <laughs> Although one speak. <laughs> one speak. <laughs> no, one speak. Although one spoke perfect English, the second had an accent, and Richardson felt there was something vaguely foreign about them. Because of the Mo- accent? Mostly or? the accent. I. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's let's look at the board. Number one answer, the accent. accent. Uh, Number two, dark complexioned. <laughs> Number three, making whoopee. What? <laughs> <laughs> at first, they seemed to be trying to persuade him that he had not hit anything at all. But then they asked him for the piece of metal. When he told them that it had gone for analysis, they threatened him. Hey, hey you want your wife to stay as pretty as she is? And you better get that metal back. Um, shite. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like how? How? Uh, what? What foreign accent were they threatening him in, Flora? All signs point to Italian. <laughs> I think you're right. You want your wife to stay as pretty as she is, and then you better get her that metal back, Capiche? Do what he says. Hey, forgive me, Grandma. She's in the back of the car. We'll go to the doctors after I talk to you, all right? She's Come a nice on. lady. We are not for the doctors. <laughs> it is the doorway. The existence of the medal was known only to Richardson and his wife and to two senior members of APRO. Were these guys, like, on speed dial? <laughs> Were these, like, well, uh, I'm, I'm the, the lieutenant general of APRO. I've spent my entire life in the organization, and I just achieved this rank. Like, what a senior member... Uh, uh, mm-hmm. 
Seemingly, the only way the strangers could have learned of its existence would either be by tapping his or Apro's telephone. Mm. There was no clear connection between the two pairs of visitors, but what both, what both had in common was access to information that was not freely and publicly available. Bum, bum. Yeah. And you know what? That's just typical. They probably got, the government don't care how they spend your money. They probably got two totally separate men in black operations, and they're not even talking to each other. They just keep visiting the same people twice, giving them two different stories. Wasting tax payers' money. That's pork. That's pork. Mm -hmm. And I say cut it. Cut that pork. (laughs) My name's Randy Freebush, and I'm running for Senate. Woo! Paid for by conservatives for Freebush. We don't need another free bush in the Senate. Randy Freebush thinks there's too many secret organizations. <laughs> I thought I could trust the government. Randy Freebush wants less agents out on the streets. All right. Um, so those are Randy Freebush <laughs> taking too many gambles with your family. <laughs> Pay for citizens against Randy. <laughs> I'm Todd Wanamaker, and I approve this message. <laughs> hey, y'all. Todd Wanamaker thinks he's such a big deal. Wow. I say he's a candy-ass piece of shit. Uh, paid for by me, Randy Freebush. Don't forget to vote. <laughs> <laughs> I'm voting Freebush, man. <laughs> I'm tired of all the government spending and getting harassed about the shit I see when I'm drunk. <laughs> so that's uh, those are a couple of examples for you of MIB encounters. Yeah. Let's go through a little bit of the history of these. I took a bunch of these from a, a brief timeline that was compiled by some ufologists because that's whose realm this falls under. Yeah, this is clearly in their jurisdiction. The FBI had to get out. Uh, so I'll take you through some dates, and um, we got a couple more stories uh, to go yet. 1924, man named John Cole from West Virginia went to check out an aeroplane crash in nearby Braxton County. Upon arrival, a man in a suit with high cheekbones, dark skin, and slant eyes told John, basically, there's nothing to see here. Move along, people. Did he say it like that? He didn't say it like that, no. How did he say it? There is nothing to see here. Move along, people. (laughs) I don't know what words he used, but told him to get out of there. Yeah, Maybe maybe, maybe even a gone get. Uh, Cole was, I think, a, a newsman or a former newsman from from the area, and he was just checking it out, you know. And apparently, he picked up a thingamajig from the ground and then went home with it. At three a.m., there was a knock on his door, and a man in a World War One style uniform demanded the object, which, which Cole he gave referred him. to as a doohickey. Yeah. Cole was like, I just have this thingamajig here. I don't have no doohickeys. Well, we'd also be happy to collect any what's-its you might have on hand. Nope, I got to watch him call it, but no what's-its. Widgets? Nope. I mean, this is the address they gave me. They don't make mistakes, sir. Well, maybe it's this thingamajig. <gasps> the what's-it. 
Is that what it is? It's a regional dialect. Or it was a thingamajig. I got to be honest. I wish they let me say all the words because there's a list. We have to go by. The, uh, never. Can I just have the item? Yes. Here you go. That's that's how it went down. Uh, I gave him this thing and the guy just walked away. Never to be seen again. That was 1924. Uh, let's skip ahead to 1947. A man named Harold Dahl cited six... See, not Dole. Not Dole. Well, <laughs> spelled much differently. <laughs> cited six donut-shaped objects near N- Tacoma, Washington. Were they donuts? <laughs> uh, the next day, a man in black showed up and drove him in a black Buick to a local cafe where he described what Dahl had seen in detail to to Dahl. Mm-hmm. And that if Dahl, quote, loved his family, he would keep quiet about the matter, end quote. A later admission from Dahl told that it had been a hoax. But an FBI agent learned Dahl was pretending it was a hoax to avoid further trouble. Oh, it's like a double blind. Yeah. Oh. So that was 1947. I, I'm, I'm always impressed by... um. The number of people that are like, uh, yeah, I'll get in your giant car. <laughs> well, where, where are we going? I thought about that myself, and I was like, well, I don't know. You know, the 40s, the late 40s. I, I guess. I think people were just nicer back then, you know? Yeah, uh, see, I, I, I actually think people were, were, were more street smart than, than people now. We kind of live in a, a bubble of safety that, I mean, like, you know, the entire planet, everywhere on Earth is safer now than it used to be. Like statistically speaking, and I feel like people were more streetwise back then. I, I think, I think it's easy to think that old, you know, like oh, in the fifties, everything was all like, yes, I'll put these pies on the windowsill. But I think, <laughs> I think people were a little. Wait, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel the time machine research at once. All I wanted was to steal a pie from a window. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, that's just my opinion. Oh, I, I just feel like. If somebody came up, especially I, di- I didn't have uh, much details on this of what the guy said to Dahl to get him in the Buick. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that he was like, hey, I'm from the government. Can you you want to go somewhere and talk about something real quick? I need to talk to you. Yeah. And it's not like that's the that's the interesting thing. All these people are like, oh, get in your car. And nothing bad happened to them. Right. They, right. They went to a diner. Maybe they got a bad cup of coffee. I doubt it. <laughs> but... Uh, Here's one you might like. Uh, sometime in the 1950s, a minister and his son got lost in the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago. In Illinois? At the south side of the city and wound up in a room with a glass case containing small humanoid bodies. He was apparently grabbed immediately and... F- forced to sign papers before being able to leave. And this was uh, recounted by the son a number of years later. Huh. Yeah. How about that? Museum of Science. Well, he should ask Un- Dark Mark Soloff. Yeah. He works Dark there. Mark. Got any secret rooms with bodies? Yeah. I mean, not that you could tell us, but. Tell us. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. Uh, 1952. Sightings of a 10-foot-tall monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, followed by two men 
calling themselves peddlers, asking witnesses about these sightings. Hmm. Braxton County, West Virginia, again. West Virginia, man. Uh, 1953, founder of the International Flying Saucer Bureau, a man named Albert Bender, told some co-workers that three men had visited him and, in effect, shut him up as far as saucer investigation was concerned. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to the first and last meeting. (laughs) He later told UFO writer Gray Barker that they had materialized in his bedroom with glowing eyes and black clothes and black hats. And they also teleported him to Antarctica. Really? Uh, Yes. How did he know he was there? I guess they told him. Or maybe it was f***ing cold. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, 1967. Numerous reports from West Virginia, including the Mary Heyer visit and the experiences of Woodrow Derenberger. This we recounted way back. Oh, yeah. This is the uh, Indrid Cold. Yeah. And uh, that was one of many crazy things that was happening at the time. Uh, Mary Heyer ran into this little, I think she she described this guy as kind of Asian looking mm-hmm. and wearing, you know, a black suit and black hat. He was he was real strange looking out of place, you know, and, and kind of saying, what did you see? What did, what's going on here? Don't say anything, blah, blah, blah. Mary Heyer had a, a number of uh, <laughs> run-ins with this guy, apparently. But uh, for for more on that, go back to old uh, episode two, the pinnacle of our uh, quality uh, in in our podcasting, I think. Everything downhill from there. Yeah, I'll I'll say this, though. I mean, there are are some nights where I'm like, man, remember when we just started the podcast? With one mic? Yeah. Betwixt us? We were like, and begin. (laughs) Alistair Crowley. That first episode... I didn't know that the mic didn't record out of both sides of the mic. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, here I am, like, blah, blah, blah. And here you are, like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, that was the closest to perfection we'll ever get. I'm sorry, everybody. 1969, while finishing a local UFO report in New York State, a reporter said that a drunken Chinaman <laughs> staggered in, dressed in a black suit, wheezing he managed to say don't print that story and then he fumbled his way out again the reporter immediately got up and went after him but when he got outside the street was empty uh, did he file that story i think he probably he probably I w- did listen if i just didn't if i just did whatever drunk people said <laughs> i would still be in jail <laughs> Got another story for you. Bring it. This is a pretty famous case, I guess. Yeah. So try, try to be respectful, everybody. <laughs> In September 1976, Dr. Herbert Hopkins, a 58-year-old doctor and hypnotist, was acting... Herbert Hopkins, hypnotist? Yeah. Triple H. Was acting as consultant on an alleged UFO teleportation case in Maine. One evening, when his wife and children had gone out, leaving him alone, the telephone rang, and a man identifying himself as Vice President of the New Jersey UFO Research Organization, or 
Nijuro. That's what I, I was just like. <laughs> asked if he might visit Dr. Hopkins that evening to discuss certain details of the case. Dr. Hopkins agreed. At the time, yes. it seemed the natural thing to do. He went to the back door to switch on the light so that his visitor would be able to find his way from the parking lot. But while he was there, he noticed the man already climbing the porch steps. What? I saw no car. Wait. Oh, this guy's from Maine. I saw no car. And even if he did have a car, he could not have possibly gone to my house that quickly from any phone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hopkins later commented in delayed astonishment. At the time, Dr. Hopkins felt no particular surprise as he admitted his visitor. The man was dressed in a black suit with a black hat, tie, and shoes, and a white shirt. I thought, it looks like he could be an undertaker, Hopkins later said. Oh, no! <laughs> Not a pallbearer, there no an undertaker. undertaker there! <laughs> Mr. Hopkins! <laughs> yeah, I, of course, we could not help. I, of course, that had to happen. His clothes were immaculate, suit unwrinkled, trousers sharply creased. When he took off his hat, he revealed himself as completely hairless. Not only bald, but without eyebrows or eyelashes. His skin was dead white, his lips bright red. Is it powder? No, he didn't bring a deer back to life, dude. Well, the story isn't over yet. Maybe he was gonna. In the course of their conversation, he brought a deer back to life. <laughs> Damn it, you're right. Told you! <laughs> Nailed it! In the course of their conversation, he happened to brush his lips with his gray suede gloves, and the doctor was astonished to see that his lips were smeared and that the gloves were stained with lipstick. It was only afterwards, however, that Dr. Hopkins reflected further on the strangeness of his visitor's appearance and behavior. Particularly odd was the fact that his visitor stated that his host had two coins in his pocket. It was indeed the case. He then asked the doctor to put one of the coins in his hand and to watch the coin, not himself. As Hopkins watched, the coin seemed to go out of focus and then gradually vanished. Neither you nor anyone else on this plane will ever see that coin again, the visitor told him. For it is in the couch cushions and no one will ever check. After talking a little while longer on general UFO topics, Dr. Hopkins suddenly noticed that the visitor's speech was slowing down. The man then rose unsteadily to his feet and said very slowly, My energy is running low. Must go now. Goodbye. He walked falteringly to the door and descended the outside steps uncertainly, one at a time. Dr. Hopkins saw a bright light shining in the driveway, bluish-white and distinctly brighter than a normal car lamp. At the time, however, he assumed it must be the stranger's car, although he neither saw nor heard it. Dr. Hopkins was very much shaken by the visit. Not surprisingly, he was so scared that he willingly complied with his visitor's instruction, which was to erase the tapes of the hypnotic sessions he was conducting with regard to his current case and to have nothing further to do with the investigation. Subsequently, curious incidents continued to occur both in Dr. Hopkins' household 
and in that of his eldest son. He presumed there was some link with the extraordinary visit, but he never heard from his visitor again. As for the New Jersey UFO Research Organization, Nijuro, no such institution exists. What? That's a good story. I like that one. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. I'm really into that. So what do you think? Alien or robot? Why not both? Alien robot? <laughs> Aliobot? Robalian? All of it. All of it. <laughs> Here's another one from 1984, April 25th. Gwyn Freeman of Blair Gorey, Scotland, saw a group of strangers in black Yiddish attire. What? Walk in single file up the path of a neighbor's house and enter. Not long after, they left again, but when she and her son called on the woman, she denied having received any visitors. Later that day, Mrs. Freeman saw a UFO. A week or so after, a man and a woman in dark, old-fashioned clothes called on her and told her that she must not speak more of what she had seen. Quote, otherwise, a great evil would befall her. End quote. Amish intimidation. Intimidating Scottish people <laughs> now. Wow. All right, I've got a, a somewhat recent one. Somewhat recent. Somewhat recent. Um, in October of the year 2000. Oh, the year 2000. Wow. I was like, is he going to do it? And he <laughs> did it. Well done, Flora. Colin Perks who had been trying to locate the grave of King Arthur, you know, like you do. <laughs> I would. Uh, was visited by Ms. Sarah Key, quote, the most beautiful woman he had ever met, who wore, quote, an expensive-looking black suit. A W.I.B.? That's right. Ooh. Mm. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um... What else is there to say? That's it. That's the end of the story. No. That's right. She told him many intimate details of his research, mm. but she thought it impossible for an outsider to know. Intimate. She said that, uh, quote, she represented the interest of a number of people within the British government and the ruling establishment, but not the same thing. Oh. oh. <laughs> Who had been looking at occult matters since World War II. Everyone knows Torchwood. I mean, it's older <laughs> than that. There you go. And knew that what he was doing was dangerous. If he did not cease, quote, you will receive another visitor. Ooh. Another girl? Mm, perhaps not. Oh, no. Uh, he ignored this. Good. Oh, go for About it. About time somebody was like, eh, shut up. <laughs> Listen, Dame, you're, you're real easy on the ice, but I got to find King Arthur. <laughs> now, I want to meet up with you later, all right? I, gotta yeah, go I didn't see no UFOs. Yeah, I got to go I find King Excalibur Arthur. once. Listen, it's not like I lost my keys here, baby. I got to find King Arthur. <laughs> All right? You're with me. You're against me. That's fine. I got to find King Arthur. You want to be my Guinevere or you want to be my Morgana? It's up to you, lady. But I mean, Your call. You look Your good. call, baby. You look good in the black. You look good. I'm not going to lie. Say hello to your mother for me. But I got to tell you. I got a Frankie. <laughs> you got a lot of shit for this in high school. I have to finish it. Okay. I got I got my reunion in three years. 
<laughs> rub it in their faces. Time's running short. <laughs> I got to fight you guys. <laughs> All right. Easy on the eyes. I got to fight you He ignored this <laughs> and pressed on with his research. But he did get another visitor. He did. Yeah. Who was it? Not this time a government official. Weird sentence structure. <laughs> But a, quote, gargoyle, a seven-foot-tall entity with leather wings, glowing red eyes, and fangs, which terrified him. Uh, Buidoy? Yeah. I, I, I gotta fight you, Gama! <laughs> I gotta fight! Yeah, so they mothman his is, ass. Oh, geez. This is around the year 2000, so you mean I'm guessing. The year 2000! <laughs> I'm guessing that this was from the cartoon show. Oh, yeah. That's true. That was a That's, good cartoon. That would be pretty freaky just to see in person. Goliath. <laughs> Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirtis were on there. Nice. Nicely done. Thank you. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So so this is the first time for a couple of things. Number one. Uh, outside of the realm of UFOs. A senorita in black. Mm-hmm. In, in negro. Yeah. This was like a very... It was like an off-brand MIB story where like they couldn't, spin-off. yeah, they couldn't afford any of the copyrighted material. <laughs> couldn't afford UFOs. Couldn't afford Men in Black. So, so you get a a, a female in black. Uh, you get the threat, right? And somebody says, "I don't care." And then you get a follow-through with a lot of these stories going through some of the research. People don't really get a follow through from the yeah. threats. Well, I mean, although as far as we know, everyone's complied. That's this, true. This is the first guy who really stuck to his guns. That's right. And if you're going to stick to your guns, stick to your King Arthur guns. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, and also not a not a UFO right thing, huh? I uh, I got to tell you, I think this is incorrectly going into the MIB bucket when. There is another shadow organization that we need to do an episode on, like the real life Torchwood or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, do you think this is uh, different because it's uh, maybe uh, British? Well, I mean, everything about it is outside the realm. Uh, most importantly, everyone else has, as, as far as I recall, gotten the visit after something happened. They yeah. saw a thing, they experienced something, then someone says, "Don't talk about it." Somebody was saying, "Stop trying to find the thing." Mm, that's you true. Know, like they went to him before anything had happened. Presumably, yeah. Um, I love that they used the sex appeal. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like with the men in black, I don't think any girls are wanting to jump these guys' bones. Yeah, no, they got wise though. This is how you manipulate a dude. But Miss Sarah Keys apparently was just rocking this yeah. black suit. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But what she uh, what she couldn't didn't understand or couldn't possibly anticipate is the degree to which uh, he I, I gotta find King Arthur that great English resolve I gotta find King Arthur <laughs> I mean like nothing else matters at all my brothers will call me a pussy until I die if I don't find King Arthur because I made such a stupid deal out of this I gotta be honest <laughs> at this point I'm only marginally interested in the truth historically uh, of King Arthur but. I, I'm not kidding. My brothers made my life a living hell until I find King Arthur. They're horrible people and they will pick on me. <laughs> Gotta find King Arthur. So, tried to reason with them. Yeah, no. Gargoyle attacked no, me. No, no, no. They I didn't ju- care. 
I, they thought I, I was making excuses. I bought a pizza for Donnie. Nothing. <laughs> he didn't even care. I don't even know if he ate it. Of course he ate it. It's Donnie. Yeah, he's a fucking pig. Donnie will eat anything in a box. Enjoy the pizza, Donnie. Still got to thank you. <laughs> you can read a compilation of encounters at the Magonia blog, which I will link to in the show notes. There are probably 10 times the the number of dates that that we have oh yeah gone through here uh of encounters supposed encounters that people have had and we're not gonna we'll save you the trouble and we just hit some highlights yeah but hey how about this what let's talk about what some possible explanations are yeah can i start oh please please do they are gentlemen from a uh top secret government organization job it is to keep the public disinformed about the existence of intelligent extraterrestrials and their interactions not only with individual people but with governments upon this planet thank you very much for your time don't forget to vote <laughs> your your eyes rolled back in, in your head while you did that because i got um hypnotized that is uh that is a possibility they are government agents uh above top secret Government Adrians? Yes. <laughs> that is that is the three beer uh, <laughs> explanation. <laughs> well, you know what? The, this, this podcast has raised a lot of questions, <laughs> and we deserve all the answers. <laughs> so, government agents, uh, truly, um, could be a possibility, I guess. Sure. Yeah. That's that's what they're posing as. That's what they tell you they are. Yeah. Uh, how about aliens? Uh, Sucolo sound. Is such a thing even possible? Yes, it is. George. He doesn't even deserve a sound that cool. I w- <laughs> Wait, it's himself. Are yeah. you calling himself? Yeah, but, but we're putting it into something cool. He doesn't deserve right. it. Yeah, these could be aliens, dude. It, I mean, they're obviously somehow or another disguising themselves. Yeah, there's so many of those stories are are, are talking about. Yeah, it's, it's it's a bad attempt to. I don't know. Maybe it's a good attempt. It's a, it's a good attempt you can make to have these people slip, you know, by so they can move in society without it cra- attracting too much attention. Yeah, yeah. Except for like the weird waddlers and stuff. <laughs> yeah, the ones who are powering down. Yeah, like there's there's I've, I've read a lot of stories about. They walked very strangely, so like like there was no hope of them fitting in. They were like E-er, the drunken Chinaman. Yeah, what about a struggling to? I mean, come on, we do we, we do we we don't say Chinaman anymore. No, that was from then. I, I know, I know. I'm just saying that guy was just historically wrong. He was on the wrong side of history, is what he was. <laughs> um, yeah, and and then disappearing uh, after their. They're seen or, or, or whatever. Uh, I caught wind of a couple of these stories where some people have chased after these guys and they run around the corner. And when the person gets around the corner, they've, they've vanished. Yeah. I've heard that a few times where they, and I, I, no one directly says it, but I feel like there's some sort of like, I don't know if it's a hypnotic suggestion, but there feels like, there's some kind of low grade compulsion at play. Everyone gets very malleable. Everyone agrees yeah. with what they say. Yeah. 
And it, there's always like th- that, like everything seemed to make sense. And then they left and I was like, what the f***? Right. And there's, and there's that moment where like they leave and the person snaps out of it. And sometimes, yeah, they run after him and they're gone. So I, and, and, and I, I do think it's also interesting that none of the stories highlight that they always just kind of blow past that part. True. And the exhaustion part. Yeah. You know, like that, uh, that's some sort of people have, have called it psychological vampire. Um, some sort of, of energy drain. It's also that, the name of my on. emo band. Yeah. Opening for Icequake. I've heard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so alien is up there on the list. How about our good pals, the demons? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's the demons. I can, we, can we throw the gin into that bucket? Oh yeah. I would throw it in the, in the bucket there too. I mean, even, even, uh, our first story with Larry, little shadow people right yeah and Some and albert bender saying they materialize in his bedroom and blah, yeah. blah, burp. And this goes this harkens back a little bit to uh an old folk uh tale of the man in black or johnny cash <laughs> yes of johnny cash <laughs> visiting people and telling them to shut up <laughs> <laughs> don't talk about aliens slenderman is in there. Oh yeah. He's yeah. in this bucket. Um, Oh, the fair Duve from, uh, Scotland. Oh, yeah. Good he's, call. He's in there. The devil himself. Old scratch. Uh, and even HP Lovecraft took on the old, um, black man or the man in black. I gotta tell you, I don't know anything about HP Lovecraft because there's no, no podcast with the balls to get an expert and then really sit down and go over it in two parts. No, I've never heard of one. It's fine. I ain't got time for that. One. Day. <laughs> I gotta find King Arthur. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, demons is thrown out there as kind of um, you know an entity that's ucking with uh, humans. Yeah. Shit. How uh, how about uh, just R.J. Hoax and such? Oh, hoax and such. Yeah. From New Jersey. Yeah. What about what about uh, Seamus shenanigans? <laughs> uh, Gray Barker. We mentioned him. Yeah. Uh, he was known to fabricate stories to make a buck. Plus, uh, they had the whole Albert Bender admission, which right we tried to say was a double bluff. Yep. And that's the the double bluff is a maybe. Right. It's a <laughs> but but yeah. I think once. Once someone pulls the admission trigger in one way or the other, you know, if, if, if everyone, if, you know, something happens like, oh no, no guys, guys, it was, it was swamp gas. We right. proved it. No, I was lying. I was lying. It was, it made me say that. Still, it was still once, a- once, once that happens, no matter which direction it's over. It I, over. yeah. I mean, it's hard to come back from that. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a, a fellow by the name of John Sherwood who was working <laughs> closely with <laughs> Gray Barker. <laughs> this guy worked uh, closely with Gray Barker and, and was kind of one of the ones that who was like, yeah, Gray makes up a lot of shit. He yeah. just wants to sell some articles and books. Mm. Hoax is on the list and it's high. Uh, how about this one? Time travelers. No, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you know that explains from a distant future to protect the timeline. Yeah, I mean, it explains the fifty-three Cadillac that hadn't been made yet. Suits, black suits, are pretty uh, universal. Universal for a long time. Yeah, the only thing to wear if you're a time traveler better than a black suit is white skin. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. 
and we've talked about this already. And then, before that, before maybe the turn of the century, black cloaks, you know? Yeah. Which goes back into the old folktale of the, the man in black. Yep. I feel like mankind masters time travel. So what I did is go back uh, like a, like an insurance company. Uh, we got an, uh, we got a, a light impact the accident on an I-80. I'm going uh, to go talk to the gentleman, make sure he doesn't press charges. Chrono charges. <laughs> That's true. Uh, there's an awful lot of messing with the the space time continuum. Yeah. If if that were the case, yeah, that seems like an extraordinary waste of 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 that ability. I don't know, but uh, the we, way they're we invent teleportation just so that meter maids don't have to walk. <laughs> and they're the only ones that get it. Or just so people don't park there in the first place. Yeah, kinda. Hmm. No, I was I was giving an example of. An extraordinary Un- ability being completely wasted. Yeah, an unnecessary kind of. Well, you don't get the teleportation, dude. It's just <laughs> for the meter maids. So yeah, time travel has been thrown out there. Um, here's another one: tulpas. Man, I I don't like how often tulpas come up. I'm going to say it. I'm gonna, Is, I'm it's go starting to starting to get into the excuse pile. Yeah, I mean everything and nothing is tulpas. El Dorado tulpa. <laughs> well, some maybe, guy just, some maybe guy, it does exist now. Some guy just really wanted that money, and he's like, oh, I'm, Glong. I tell you what, the more we say it, though, El Dorito. Yeah. I want that thing to appear. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Let's, 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 let's concentrate on that. Yeah, let's manifest the lost Jeez city of snacks. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine a bank made of Fritos? <gasps> Chili cheese Fritos, obviously. Yeah, I would rather that bank. Uh, like everybody on the floor and start licking and let's, let's play a, a game of ruffle shuffleboard <laughs> zing <laughs> tulpas yeah that's that the that's the the thought form is brought into being from everybody thinking about uh these things so then they they actually manifest and happen and then disappear wow i i put tulpas in a category below ghosts as far as possibility, I mean, like no matter how thin the possibility is, mm-hmm. if it if it could happen, we would still be up to our necks in tulpas. Yeah, yeah, well. and, and a lot of them would look like lottery tickets. <laughs> That's yeah. John Keel, who wrote the old Mothman prophecies, uh-huh. had a had an idea that they might be transdimensional beings. Which I, which I mean, but which I get, but then like, what does that make the Mothman? Well, I mean, he could be a, a trans-dimensional being too. Another species, higher order, caste system. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Dreyfus. What? Richard Dreyfus here. Side note: They're not always dressed in black. There are plenty of accounts of them dressed in something else. Gray suits. Men in shorts. <laughs> They came in jorts. They came to steal some beer. <laughs> and they told me not to tell anybody. And they kept insisting that if I was a cop, they I had to tell them. <laughs> a lot of accounts do have them looking somewhat Asian. Hmm. That is that is but true I guess, of I guess, many of them. I, I guess that's when you get into that area of like a, a disguised gray with the, the large mm-hmm. almond eyes. Maybe right. that's part of that, yeah. Yeah. And uh completely hairless is is uh, a common feature in there too, so I mean, if yeah. if aliens haven't figured out how to grow hair, 
Where are we? We are way behind. Well, they put all their research into wastes of time, like interstellar travel, when they could have been rogaining on us all. Anyways, that that's how that's how we start off blurry photober. Yep, with a very uh, finely dressed (laughs) fedorid nutshell driving a sweet ass Lincoln Town Car from 1962. That's Men in Black for you, Mm -hmm. uh, folks. That's right. The only the only thing that we also know every time you have an encounter with blurry photos, knock knock, puns at the door. That's right, dark you. dressed puns. Yeah, trying to tell, they're going to tell you to tell everybody. <laughs> Don't listen to them, oh. or do. I uh, you want you want to lead this off? You want me to? How do you like this? Well. I I don't care either All right. way. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. First crack at at Photober. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Okay, you ready? Yeah. MIBs are not just a North American thing. They're not. Nope. They happen all around the world. Where? Um, well, for example, in Soviet Russia, instead of instead of well dressed gentlemen in suits, it's uh it's old women, kind of bent over, again, they have black dresses and they have uh, black kerchiefs on their heads that. Mamas in babushkas. That's what they're called. <laughs> they're the MIBs. That's, that's the Russian version? Yep. Mamas in babushkas. You're not seeing anything. <laughs> I brought Glumpki. You eat, eat. You see nothing. Borscht. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's a little bit more comforting and a little bit uh, scarier. Yeah. For they, some reason. Then everyone eats it. And then when they left, they're like, but I was on a diet. How they got oh, me to do that? Oh, no. and then they're gone. Yeah. All right. Well, I've got uh, a shadowy lot that tries to make you forget about the money you just saw in your pocket at their casino. That's right. It's the men in blackjack. Oh, yeah. I've encountered those guys before. Have you? Oh, yeah. How were they? They were cruel to me. <laughs> Blackjack's not my game, though. I like blackjack. I, I've been to Vegas probably six times. I've, wow. I've never failed to pay for my trip. Well. I actually have, I, I have a, an, an extraordinarily good streak of luck in Vegas, but blackjack is my nemesis, and I do not play it. It kicks my ass every time because hmm. I don't, I get, I, I hate, like, everyone at the table gets mad if you do the thing you weren't supposed to do or if you don't split eights or whatever the oh, thing yeah. is that people get all jazzed about. Or if you're not fast enough. Yeah. It goes a little fast for me, but I don't know. Yeah. Anywho, any halers. Any, any, any do. Like what, what else you got? All right. Okay. There's a, another organization. Who? Uh, these guys, they don't have like a really rigid uniform, but if you or someone in your family are wearing a Yankees cap, Uh-oh. they will show up and threaten you. Man, a fucking man in Boston, you fuckers. You Yankees. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the we're, MIB I don't yeah, want to run across. We're just I mean that's it. I'm just gonna keep hitting the MIB right in the set. <laughs> oh, all right, I'll I'll round us out here. Double points if it does not include MIB. Uh, I don't know what the what, what what you mean, but um this is all I, I we're we're drudging from the same river, so uh-huh. I've got a I've got a classic story. Oh. You, you probably you probably heard of this one. Oh, then you probably don't have to tell me. I mean, if then, I heard uh, it. That's it. Uh, Stunnel upon by. <laughs> uh, classic story of a well-dressed man traveling around America's Dust Bowl of the 30s, trying to intimidate folks, but failing because of his rather slow companion. Oh, no. It's of mice and men in black. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, nice. Literary. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Them's puns, mother hubbards. The first pun blood of Photober. <laughs> Here comes a listener mail. Cha cha. <laughs> bullshit from our listeners. Cha cha. I don't mean like it's actual bullshit, but you know. Cha <laughs> cha. Truffle break. We're good at this. All right. All right. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, that means listener mail. <laughs> yes. Off of the Faces book. Ooh. Uh, Toby hits us up with a sweet ass pun. Toby. <laughs> you guys may have heard of this fancy new restaurant. No, we haven't. What is it? Uh, it's very private for members only. Right? Uh, oh. The Bohemian Stove. <laughs> Nice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um oh, yeah. and Lana. 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 <laughs> Louisville Lana. Louisville Lana. Can't say that without sounding drunk. <laughs> you just gotta do it. That's all. <laughs> Louisville. She's from Louisville. To it. Louisville. 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 There you go. Louisville. Louisville. Hello, Lana. Hey, Lana. Uh, Lana uh, slapped us up on the the Faces book. (laughs) A couple of things that make Lana exceptionally smart. What's that? Uh, One, she enjoys Bullstone. Listen to it a couple of times. Uh, Two. Nice. I'm really glad that there's someone else that brings their own liquor to a party and does not let other people touch it. And also, uh, Wood- Woodford Reserve, well played. Very nice. Very that is, nice. That is a quality liquor. That's, that's a good sipping. Sipping yeah. bourbon. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't tried it, I strongly recommend uh, Cedar Ridge from uh, from Iowa. That's mm. my favorite. Whiskey. Because they know corn, son. Oh, then it can't be bourbon. Yeah, because it's not from Bourbon County. <laughs> not even from Bourbon County. Bourbon. Not only does it have to be from Kentucky, it has to be at least 51% corn. Yeah. Well, then it can be because if they know corn, dude. What? Not, I, I say that they in Iowa, they know corn. I'm not saying. Oh, I thought you no, said there ain't no corn. No, no, no. Iowans, ain't no corn. Iowans know they corn. No corn. <laughs> they ain't. Oh, I guess. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Jesus. There you go. Yeah. Sorry, but we had to figure that out. Um, back to Lana. Yeah. Back to you, Lana. Uh, let's see. Lana fought an iguana. Lana's iguana? Yeah. Fought an iguana. Wow. Named Joanna. In a sauna. <laughs> Tried to drown it. Met a piranha. Oh, no. Yeah. Tried to find you, Flora. Only found fauna. Ugh. Zing. God, what is wrong with us? But that's pretty cool. Sometimes you got to fight an iguana. Yeah. Sometimes in life. And uh, let's see. Works in a library is right. really getting really badassing it up. Outreach programs, squatch hunts. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, because apparently it's hard to get dudes to go to the library, which breaks my heart. Well, there aren't very many quality dudes then. Yeah, no doubt. Books, check them out. I didn't invent that. It was just really good advice. Yeah. That's um, that's always been the library's slogan. <laughs> yeah. Books, check them out. <laughs> <laughs> literally yeah uh how about some puns son let's take them 
in Kentucky, many uh, hill people used to use the spit of llamas to <laughs> Kentucky hill people. <laughs> many hill people of Kentucky use spit of llamas <laughs> to help predict how the season's tobacco crops will fare. Mm-hmm. This is known as llamistry oh. and is only slightly preferred to swanistry, the art of reading the ripples emanating from the swan, mm-hmm. uh, from the wake of a swan. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and at this point, there's sort of an apology, but really blaming it on liquor. What's the diff? Mm-hmm. Love it either way. Acceptance. Uh, and oh, and uh, she is one of the great human beings in this world who hath d- donated money. Oh. Hard earned. Oh. That makes her one of our absolute famous uh, favorites, as though you weren't already. Right. We're both liquor hoarders. <laughs> you can't fake that sort of connection. You you two got the liquor hoarding connection. We've got the Kentucky connection. Yeah, see? Teamwork. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, since she donated, Flora, you owe her a palm reading. I can do that. The, the You got to check the Olympus. You got to check the <laughs> Mount of... The, the Mount of Jupiter. Um, you got to check out the, the girdle of Euripides. Right, right. All those things. Don't forget any of them. <laughs> the boulder of Sisyphus. Only, that's only. Oh, check out her sword of Damocles. Yeah, that's, only a fool <laughs> would forget about the, the lines of Tantalus that run <laughs> transverse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can make that happen. I forgot nothing about palmistry. I've remembered all of it perfectly. It sounds like you have. So uh, you know when when we do our live show and and everybody makes their uh, mm-hmm. pilgrimage to wherever we do it at. Yeah, you can crash with us. It's fine. You don't even need to get a hotel. There you go. Uh, that's not weird, right? <laughs> so thank you, Lana. Thanks, Lana. How about go cats? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't care who you hurt. I don't care. And how about uh, now we've got Sean, also known as the Mighty Spewbag. Sean, the Mighty Spewbag? Mm-hmm. The Mighty Spewbag Sean. Yes. Sean. Um, yes. I'll you, just call him Sean. You know, you know, <laughs> you know when we were out last week and I introduced you to all those Mighty Spewbags? Mm-hmm. The third one, one who's like, uh, I'm Sean. Rachel? No, Sean. Oh, Sean. That one. Sean of the mighty of the West Chesterton mighty spewbags. Oh, that that yes. mighty spewbag, Sean. Yes, Sir Sean of <laughs> of spewbag hollow <laughs> spew spewbag upon Glastonbury. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, what's Sean have to say? Uh, Sean Hitza says, "Oh, he's been a fan since Rasputin." Yeah. <laughs> bony in yeah and uh loves the show well good and uh we are one of only six podcasts that he listens to so i love that and also recommended us to pod on pod to do oh. a review of of us so i hope that turns out well if they Ooh. choose to dive in yikes how will we withstand scrutiny oh oh crap okay format error <laughs> Should have put this above his name on the post What's somehow. That? He just wants his name to be the Mighty Spewbag. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sean. <laughs> no, well, it's too late to back the truck up oh, now. Oh, no. It is. It is. The Mighty Sean Bag. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. 
The mighty spew bag also <laughs> rips forth with gagging regurgitude the following uh, not quite so superpowers. Oh, let's hear them. Get uh, a towel and maybe a garbage bag or one of those little square bags they put in airplanes. Mm-hmm. Already wearing them. Because he's going to spew <laughs> mightily. Who, Sean? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You're the worst. (laughs) How about Captain Double Wide? The ability to come up to a parking space with one next to it for the couple following you to the pizza joint or the bar. Wow. That is a superpower. Pretty handy. That's that's just great. And you know what? He's thinking of other people. He's like, I want my friends with me. Wow. Step above mediocre, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Mighty. Uh, How about this? Future Man, the power to see into the future of cancellations of TV series you don't watch. (laughs) Oh, Mediocre. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. That. I mean, you could just really kind of irritate a coworker with that. <laughs> Minty Fresh. The power to make his breath fresh, but only waiting in line at the DMV. That is a superpower because with fresh breath, I'm quite certain you could seduce your way through there and mm. get that driver's license. That's probably what makes him so surly. Yeah, maybe. How about the mega muscle? The ability to make your muscles rip like the Hulk, but you only have the strength and balance of a one-year-old toddler. <laughs> I like that. Hmm. <laughs> what would you do with that? Hmm. Just flop around? Yeah. You could land on a would-be attacker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, and the anti-superpower. The curse of sounding like Richard Dreyfus, but only, only when asking a woman on a date. Too late. Perfect. Richard <laughs> Dreyfus. Perfect Richard Dreyfus, but only. <laughs> How would that sound, Flora? Oh, hey. Um, I don't know if um, if you're doing anything later. Are you asking me on a date? Oh, I just thought we could go to Applebee's or something. I wow. heard their tequila line chicken is very good. Damn it. Why did you have to say what I was doing? If you had just kept your mouth shut, I could have talked about Taffeta or something. No, I wouldn't have talked about Taffeta. What am I saying? Never mind. I'm wow. sorry. I think, that's that, I think that super anti-power is called permanent alonesmanship. <laughs> That's what I call that. Damn it. Yeah. Oh, man. Awesome. Thanks, Mighty Spew Sean. Yes. Thank you, Mighty Spew Bag. I'll respect your wishes. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Flora, what do you got? <laughs> oh, shit. I thought it was a kitten. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey Wheels don't care for your kitten confusion. (laughs) (laughs) Mikey Wheels has a pun. And a duffel bag full of cash and the cops on his heels. (laughs) First the pun. He has decided to write a book of poetry about his feelings. It's called Mikey Feels. (laughs) Self-referential pun. Mikey, Mikey Wheels don't care. <laughs> Mikey Wheels knows how to go in reverse. 
Mikey Wheel says, I always notice you mention on your YouTube page, and we always say, I wish you could see so-and-so's face right now. How about we do a video to record the shows, too, for YouTube? <laughs> no, Mikey Wheels. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, it's we do a fair amount of editing. I think that's... A fair I, amount is the understatement of the century. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just think about that. Like, I mean, we're going to do a live show. We're going to do that. Yeah. That's a thing. I mean, Sometimes. I guess I guess we could try to video something like a recording, but like we edit the podcast and we put the sound effects in. Like, there's no way to make the podcast line up to a video. Yeah, yeah. Unless it horribly jumped a bunch of times, and it was it, that would be it would be weird. It'd be it, super it would, weird. It would be super weird. Also, um, also, we just wear mesh shirts and short shorts. <laughs> uh, that's also pretty weird, but it's the only way we're comfortable. Some someday we might do some kind of special special video, but. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible superpower from Mikey Wheels. Being able to pick out the best dates for items at the grocery store, only to have them go bad the moment you get home. <laughs> Not the best dates, then. Mikey Wheels. There's a lot of gas in Mikey Wheels' tank. <laughs> Mikey Wheels has. I uh, heard a local legend of a tall, lively entity who chooses his victims based on how attractive they are. <laughs> if they fit his requirements, he teleports them to the right. If he decides to reject them, he teleports them to the left. He's called the, the Tinder, Tinder Man. Man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mikey Wheels. Uh, Mikey, uh, thanks for the story that you sent in that you want us to read for Blurry Photober at some point. Um, can you send us another version that's a little PG-13? That's my request to you, Mikey Wheels. <laughs> yeah, maybe a story without vajibis. <laughs> <laughs> What's a vajibi? No one will ever know. Um, we might read, we might read, uh, some listener, uh, <laughs> Some listener ghost stories. If you guys want to send them, we might do it on a uh, a supplementla episode. But <laughs> uh, make them make them PG thirteen. Try to aim for that, and uh, uh, be careful of what comes out of um, plenty of make- plenty of makeouts, no nipples, and let's let's just keep vajibis out of it entirely. <laughs> Mikey Wheels knows what you're talking about, <laughs> but also thank you giving me the opportunity to say vajibis a whole bunch. <laughs> Thanks, Mikey Wheels. Keep that cash safe. I hope he beats the cops. He will. He always does. He always does. Once he gets crosses the county line. (laughs) Did you know? uh, I have a. I have an. I have a reverse conspiracy theory for you. Uh, Is it a truth theory? Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that um, Neil Armstrong completely landed on the moon and walked around on it? Yeah. Yeah. You know what he found when he was up there? What? A Luna Kitty. Oh, Luna Kitty. Swing. I'm going. Hello, Luna Kitty. We've missed you. Uh, Luna Kitty hits us with a couple of mundane superpowers. All right. Voxification, the ability to temporarily pitch shift someone's voice higher or lower for a half hour. Also works on dogs and cats. Wow, a half hour. That's pretty great. Yeah, that's that's a long time. Yeah, that's a superpower because you can do stuff with that. <laughs> I like that. Like, there's no just like, haha, I just did it for a second. No, like, 
No, it, it was funny 28 minutes ago, but you got <laughs> you got two minutes left. I've got this big presentation I have to give to all the partners. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> all right, how about this now? Flora, there's, she doesn't have a name for this one. Okay. I keep saying she again. I assume that the Lunar Kitty is a lady. Could could be way off. What can I say? I'm old school. Kitties are all female. <laughs> uh, the ability to change one kind of soup to another soup or stew and only works once per full container of soup or stew. Hmm. That's easy. I like the D&D rule thrown in at the end there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It's easy. It's a superpower. <clears throat> so easy. <clears throat> so easy. It started out as a clam chowder and you turned it into a nice tomato bisque. Was <laughs> that the white or the red? I never remember that. Uh, Lunar Kitty also hits us up with some puns. Puns, too, from the moon. Um, While writing in defense of Flagon, H.P. Lovecraft Lovecraft also wound up feeling it a little down, so he got himself a new cat, which he called Kathmulu. Destroy the world. Uh, the people who created the Philadelphia experiment got all their inspiration while on a vacation to the Northeast, hearing about a plan of the local fishermen to find ways of teleporting lobsters and oysters from the ocean straight into your kitchen with the Dorchester experiment. You f***ing assholes. You want crab right in your face? Fresh from the sea floor. You got it. Cats all over are sad that they have no opposable thumbs, as they'd really like to read other mysterious books of cat legends, <laughs> like the coinage manuscript. The the fish koi. I don't know what that means. The, the fish koi? <laughs> I'm going to look it up, though. Wow. Because I don't stumped. think the book. <laughs> yeah, stumped. <laughs> stumped sound. Huh? Luna Kitty also lets us know that uh, while while making uh, her, that's right, I'm sticking with it, way through the back catalog, listen to the Arjun episode. Oh, yeah. um, It reminded her of apparently, like recently, there's a a better written and more recently made Scooby-Doo series. This sounds like I'm setting up a pun, but I'm not. (laughs) Um, Mystery Incorporated, where they do more of the characters. uh, They do more with the characters to kind of make it make a little bit more sense. They even go so far as to uh, feature like an H.P. Lovecraft spawn of Cthulhu kind of thing, hmm. which is pretty cool. There's a, an a episode called The Shrieking Madness. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Thank you, Lunar Kitty. Arigato. <laughs> uh, Dave, I have to share with you the worst dream. What? Well, it was written to us by... The worst man. Have a good talk, Herr Wurstman. How have all of yours firsts been? We have uh, missed giant soul. Sehr gut, sehr gut. Did uh, you hear earlier, there was another man who wrote the story was for such gross we couldn't put it on the podcast, and there was the VGBs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were bees, but they came out of the Okay, the okay, so... Uh, the Adam, <laughs> Adam writes us uh, with Adam, a dream to did share. did you hear me? Achtung. <laughs> um, Adam says, I keep having this recurring dream where I'm a pro wrestler and I'm wrestling Kane from the WWE, and I'm absolutely terrible at it. 
It's a real pro wrestling match in that it's staged, and the entire time Kane is giving him advice, calling the maneuvers uh, what they'll be doing, and it's his job to lose horribly, make him look good. Nonetheless, he leaves the match feeling like he's learned something and far more confident in himself for the experience. But as far as the wrestling, when he was wrestling Kane, I guess he just wasn't able. (sighs) So... He says he has this dream uh, once every other month or so, and it's weird. But at this point, he's wondering if Kane is his guiding spirit animal. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> hey, Kane, I want to ride on the back like you have. It's a unicorn. You can take me to Candy Island. <laughs> <laughs> you are my spirit animal. You sort of have to. <laughs> <laughs> you're, um, like, you're like a trans-dimensional moped. <laughs> <laughs> now take me to Candy Island. Adam says his subconscious is an enigma wrapped in a squared circle. Thank you, worst man. (laughs) Thank you, Adam. Just such the worst man. Uh, Oh, we got something from Mark Soloff. Ever heard of him? Perhaps from the inaugural episode of Bullstone. Who's this then? Shut up. (laughs) He writes, blurry foot bros. What's up, bro? What's up, bro? bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Uh, he says, thank you for the hours of fun, informative, and vampormative podcastry you've provided us for the past two years. Oh, He loved the Goatman musical intro and appreciated the creep President Reagan. Well, <laughs> oh, God. Everyone can appreciate a, a good President Reagan once in a while. <laughs> and he's got a pun. Just like they can appreciate a fine naval buttocks. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm stopping you because yeah, it creeps no, me out. Yeah. All right, we don't have time for this. Okay, right. gotta find King Arthur. I don't get time for this. Well. Um, uh, you know the legend of the hero who sported a black cape and sombrero while commanding an intergalactic expedition. Who they called him Don Luke Picard. <laughs> <laughs> Engage. Nice. Well played. And he ends with a. Damn it! Oh, <laughs> thanks, Mark. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Uh, before we move on, though, don't forget to check out more Mark uh, Blastro podcast. Look for it; it's yep. worth it. Yup, you'll be glad you did. Oh, uh, yup. iTunes Blaster podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> uh, uh, apologies for uh, everyone. Uh, uh, we have someone missing uh, at the, uh, the fancy uh, feast uh, tonight. Uh, 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 highly irregular, <laughs> quite irregular, just not not good form at all. Lord Twistroke, uh, please uh, uh, try to rein in your disappointment. <laughs> Some someone uh, uh, pull the clutch on Lord Twistroke. Uh, a grey cat has sent us a missive. Uh, in, in fact, it's an open letter to Lana. Whoa. A uh, gray cat says, Lana, don't hold your breath on being sent blurry photoba stuff. Oh, no, he didn't. A gauntlet thrown via letter. The kissing sting of leather against my cheek tells me it is time once again to defend our honor. <laughs> oh. Having said that, he is probably right. 
To the King Emeritus yes. of Halloween. Our Lord and Master of this, the darkest month of the year, the ringleader of ceremonies. The Mayor of, of Malevolence. That's right. I'm bureaucrat of bloodletting. <laughs> Great God, Fancy Feast the Third. At your service. Yes. Thank you, Grey Cat Thank slash you. Fancy Feast. Grey Cat for calling us out. Ooh, something from our friend Emerson. Emerson? Mm-hmm. You mean the winner of the 2013 Ms. Cryptid contest? That's the same Emerson. Prize pack? Man, it feels weird to say 2013. Oh, so when we were talking about who's been uh, down from the get-go, uh, Emerson's first episode was Time Slips, but he has... <laughs> Listen to every episode, supplemental candy chat special, spinoff, or bullstone. <laughs> it's true. Don't we're, put it into words. <laughs> listen, we get ideas and then we do them. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's true. There is a. We're, we're just we're just throwing out whatever we feel like. I mean, technically, uh, we we have hit a hundred and uh, sent it to the store for cigarettes. <laughs> Um, and I, we were talking about insect cryptids and it looks like he did some of the same research we did. Uh, you know, we did rods, uh, Mothman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, an African cryptid called the ads, a D Z E, a firefly vampire beastie that sucks human blood and eats organs, but you can catch him in a jar and he will revert to human form. Hmm. Weird. That's pretty cool. Jar sized human. Yeah. Thanks Emerson. Or maybe it's very disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> What if Ooh. what if you put him in the jar and the minute you put the lid on, it's like <laughs> it just fills the jar yep. with a mushed up human. Ugh. Self-making jelly. Awesome. Uh and he ends with a uh mundane superpower. Tra- <laughs> I don't even know what the superpower is, I already love it. Trans dementia. <laughs> Interdimensional travel which causes ever worsening senility. Oh, wow. That we, might happen. We made it! What? Where are we? I wish I could travel to other dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you, Emerson. Thank you, Emerson. And that's all we have uh, for this week. Woo. We have more. We'll get to it. Indeed. And, and, um, and we also have a debt. To society. That we must pay. Yep. And so, Masters Floor and Stecco, in association with... The- Often contacted uh, ethereal spirit of the famous William the, Shakespeare. The, the, the what? The famous <laughs> William Shakespeare. <laughs> uh, now pleased to present Hamlet's soliloquy. Act three. Scene one. Yes. A moment while I prepare the torture chamber. <clears throat> Stecco, first in the penalty box. A proceed. Enter Hamlet. To be or not to be, that is the question. Whether it is noble in the mind to suffer for the, the slings and arrows without rage, each is fortune. <sighs> or to take up arms against us, yes, your troubles, <laughs> by opposing them and them. <laughs> to die. To sleep, no more. And by a sleepy to say we and the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that the flesh is heir to, tis a contemplation devoutly to be wished. What? 
to die, what? to sleep, perchance to, to dream. I, there's the rub. For in that sleep of death, what dreams may come when we have shove up. Sh- this is really what? hard. It's what? When we have shuffled shop- off with this morning, <laughs> must give us a pause. There's the respect that makes cal- calamity of so long, long life. Oh, and now, Flora. Um, that's like super easy and it was really easy for me to do and I sounded good doing it so good luck to you pick it up and take us home tough guy for who would bear the whips and scorns of time the processor's wrong the proud man's contumely the, the pangs of despised love the law's delay <laughs> the insolence of the <laughs> office and the spurns that patient merit of the one worthy takes. <laughs> when he hymns himself, yeah. might his as quiet as make <laughs> with a bear bodkin? <laughs> Who would fartles bear to grunt and sweat under a weary life? But the, the dread of something after death. The undiscovered country from whose born no traveler returns puzzles the will and makes us rather bear those ills we have than fly to others as that we, we know not of. Thus conscious does make cowards of us all, and thus the native hue of resolution <laughs> is sicklied o'er the pale cast of the thought, and improvises as of the great pitch and moment with this regard, their currents turn awry and lose the name of action. Soft, you know the fair Ophelia, Nymph, in thy horizons, be all my sins remembered. (laughs) See? Smooth like honey. Every time. (laughs) We're so good at this. All right. So I guess thank you. Not really. (laughs) Don't forget uh, Facebook. Twitter. Go to to Twitter. Uh, Larry underscore photos. Larry photos podcast. YouTube. Stumble upon... Give us a uh, rating and review the on the five iTunes. star variety. Um, give us a um, a donation of the however you like it variety. Yeah, thank you so much. And Again, don't to forget those who have. to uh, check out audibletrial.com slash blurry photos to get your free audible trial. It's 30 days. I listened to a book called Ark Royal it's hmm. about a spaceship in the future. Sweet. Yeah, it was actually pretty cool. It's a very easy uh, thing to do. It, it may be a little convoluted at first to, you know, it to takes get a little getting to get used it, but to. But it was really fun to listen to. It was nice to have, like, on. I was doing some road trip stuff, and yeah, it's, it was nice to listen to. It's it's super easy once uh, once you get in there and, and and get to to listening. Once you pick your your book and stuff, yeah. everything is is right there in front of you. I actually it's super kept easy it up. To do. I, I thought that I was going to kind of one and done it, but I really enjoy it, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing it. Yeah, you, so, so you get a free. Uh, credit on us. Yeah, free book for you. And and we get a little free high fives for us. 
It's a win, 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 win. Yeah, win. do it, do it, do it. So audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. Check it out. Yeah, thank you all. And for this, the first episode of Blurry Photober. Yes. I have been David the Manser Flora. Well, and that makes me David Vajibi's Stecco. <laughs> Watch out. You get stuck. He'll get you. Now, now look at this. Look at this little guy I got right here. You oh see this? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's this not wart? very big. No, no, no. This is such a tiny wart. And I got to be honest, I mean, I got a whole bunch of makeup people whose job is usually to make this stuff go away. Cover it up. But instead, look at this. I'm just going to I'm just gonna put one just coat little, of the dab. wart enhancer on and that's just right. look at that. Look at it bring wow. up the purples. It really wow. accentuates the dark hair. All this for mm-hmm. 1995. 1995. For the next 27 seconds. For the next 27 seconds. And I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to do you a huge favor. Okay. What is that? If you if you have someone in your family, someone that you love that is a terrifying old crone, they're gonna want this. They are gonna want it. But you know what else they're gonna want? They're what else? They're gonna want this squonk mop. <gasps> That's no. right. This is the extra thirsty three ply squonk mop. There's no amount of squonk tears that this buddy cannot take care of. Oh my gosh. Now I I I'll tell you what, I own, I mean, my saddle sacks. I got when I got out of college. Okay, well, you These, got the biggest stack right I mean, now. Yeah, well, I mean, this is this is from back when I was just getting out of college, and I'll tell you what, a pumpkin, pumpkin and a half max. Mm. It's got it's got neon on it. I think it used to be hyper color. Mm-hmm. I don't want to date myself, but that's all my that's well, all my saddle all sack which is. Decade you're talking? Yeah, about. yeah. Galaxy Defender sitting there with Larry. And, and what's Larry? I'm like, oh, then, eh? what you doing Larry. here, you? You owe me five quid. Larry, oh, what's that? I don't remember. I don't know. Boom. Bust a chair across his teeth. All of a sudden, he's bleeding out his gob. Oh, my f***ing teeth. F*** you. And I'm like, oh, f*** me, mate. Right? F*** you. Five quid. Boom. Boat in the arse. <laughs> I love me, mum. <laughs> a typical London day. <laughs> and the waiter's like, uh, sir, that that will be five quid for the damage you've caused. Oh, uh-huh. You what, mate? <laughs> you what, mate? Five quid. <laughs> Swine me, mum. <laughs> Other phrases. <laughs> <laughs>